Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week, we introduce you to people who are working on real-world problems and providing actual solutions. Thank you for joining me on this week's Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. There are a lot of people out there right now that are frustrated and are hurting, and they're hoping that things get better quickly. Well, my guest today helps people keep going and gives them hope. So uh, you might have seen her on Good Morning America and ABC News. Lauren Abrams is the founding member and managing partner of Employee Rights Law, exclusively protecting the rights of employees for over 22 years. She's also uh, surviving life with two eye-rolling teenagers. And I, I know that pain very well. So we can certainly relate on that level. Two happy dogs. Hey, I got two dogs also. And a fabulous life partner. Um, and it's not necessarily in that order, she tells us, just so. So we know that. And also, uh, Lauren also hosts 52 Weeks of Hope, the podcast where leaders, healers, and others discuss overcoming challenges and manifesting dreams and messages of hope. It comes from Lauren's own Dark Night of, so of the Soul, where she emerged knowing she must tell her story and that you are not alone. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for asking me, George. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, the, the favorite part of your uh, of your bio was the eye rolling teenagers. I mean, I, I have that embedded in my brain because I see that multiple times a day. It's 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 mind numbing. Yeah, it's it is amazing. I I discovered when my daughter by the time she was three, she was already rolling her eyes at me. I was like, oh, this starts early. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think with uh, with my daughter, it started right out of the womb. So uh, <laughs> now we've ch you know I've changed the name of the podcast to tell us how to make it better because we, what we want to do is find problems in the world and then find people that are actually solving them. So what problem or issue is it that you would say you work on? Uh, definitely hope. I, I like to think I am, I am, I'm an emblem of, or symbol of hope that it always gets better, whatever it is, that don't give up, that there's always even a sliver. You don't need 100% hope. You just need 51%. <laughs> like it, it, no matter what it is that you are going through, it gets better. And I have interviewed people that have been through horrific experiences. And if you just hang in there and, and put one foot in front of another, and it doesn't have to be a, a big step or anything else, uh, that it gets better. It just does. And it, this does come from my own dark nether. So I am a bit of a Pollyanna. I'm going to admit that, but you don't have to be that either. Um, and there's so many things that you can do to feel better. And they can be little things like step outside and get a little bit of sun or put your feet in the dirt or there, there's a myriad of ways, but call somebody and ask them how they're doing. That is one of the easiest things. There's so many people that are isolated right now and you'll help them and yourself. And you may find that everything is about action. Every, everything in the universe is about action and taking an action, no matter how small I interviewed, one person who said that she would do a couple of dishes because that would get her out of bed. That would be her thing. And I mean, she's an actress and she'd think, I'm never going to get another job. And she's been working. I mean, it, you know, everyone has this at some point. And I don't mean mental illness, but just that the general malaise or the, I don't want to do this or when does this end, which a lot of us have right now. Well, I always tell my kids, you never know what 
problems other people are experiencing. It's really hard to get inside other people's heads. Now, when you say lack of hope, how would you say this problem affects people's lives? So somebody doesn't have anything to look forward to, something, nothing to build on. How is that affecting them? And it sounds like it probably affects them in, in various different dramatic ways. Right. Well, the isolation right now is a huge, huge issue. People need community. The people that live longest and are happiest in the blue zones, uh, it's because of community. They're healthy and happy because they see each other. We are not meant to live in isolation. In interviewing all the people that I have about this, the, the commonalities, the common themes, the top one is community and the other is love and service, that we need to help others and to be there for others. And it's also about community. We are not meant to be alone, no matter how much. I mean, it's so funny, people who isolate, their solution to isolation is isolation. And uh, it, it just doesn't work. Even if it, it doesn't mean you need to be out amongst a bunch of people, especially maybe right now, but even on Zoom or you know, go on Google and find one thing you're interested in and see if there's a group. You don't, you don't have to be the leader, but just find somebody that you can talk to that is interested in something that you also are interested in. No matter how random, there is somebody else out there that is doing that. Could be on Reddit. I mean, it could be anywhere. There is somebody doing it. I mean, Google is your friend. Yeah, well, sometimes. Uh, yeah, so right. tell me about podcast, uh, your podcast, 52 Weeks of Hope. So what are you doing with that podcast that's going to help people have hope? Um, well, that, it's all about that. Uh, 52 Weeks of Hope came out of my own dark night of the soul. Everyone where I went through, everyone goes through it. Like nobody, none of us escape this lifetime without having our time in it. And mine, my, this particular one I got through and I was like, what the hell was that? Because that one really surprised me. I'm always grateful. And I exchange gratitude lists with my friends every day and do those kinds of things. And But this one surprised me. I have great kids. I, I have a lot to be grateful for. Um, and I got through it and I was like, what, what was that? Um, this is pre-COVID. And I decided, well, what we go through these things and then we live life and then we'll go through another one and we get through them and then eventually what we die like I, I just started doing my whole soul search like why are we here and what's this about and that kind of a thing and i decided i'm going to ask a person a week why why are we here that kind of a message an older demographic and they say nobody on their deathbed ever wished they worked harder or made more money so i want to know why are we here what have you learned from gleaned from living life and an so I started doing that. I'm not a DIYer, but I figured I could do that. So I did. I started asking a person a week, what have you learned? And I'm not a shrink or anything. I'm a lawyer. And, uh, but people would tell me and divulge the most personal information. And it was great. It was so rich and good. And I would go home and I would write it up in my own verbiage and send it to my best friend sometimes. And, um, and funny and whatever, the way I write, not making fun of them funny, just what I had gotten from meeting them. And after a while, after about two and a half months, there started to be common themes. That's what I was talking about with the community and things like that. And I thought, I'm going to write a book, one of those books where you open it up the page and go, that's just what I needed to hear. <laughs> or you close it and open it again and call so it. Give me some examples. Give me, give me some examples of, of what they told you. Yeah. yeah. So, and then anyway, so then 
COVID hit and I pivoted because that's what you do in life is you pivot. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, and I started my podcast, which I absolutely love because I get to talk to amazing people. So um, what we were talking about beforehand, one of the things that I found I find fascinating and I'm like, how did I go through my whole life without knowing this? I just talked to somebody very, very well educated who um, was tired a lot and uh, stressed out, single mom doing uh, in the startup world and pitching and uh, pitching her startup, just very stressed out. She'd been through a divorce and discovered meditation. And from that, she furthered to practice, furthered and further to practice. And then went into the world of feminine Ayurveda, which of course, I was like, what do you mean feminine Ayurveda world? Anyway, and she, f- she furthered that practice. Evidently, uh, our energy levels, if you identify as a female, go at the moon cycles, a 28-day moon cycle, and men calendar at a 24-hour cycle. So that's how the nine to five in the Western world came about. And women, when you're doing your calendar and you're looking at when you want to be most productive, would be more at a full moon. I have to do the mnemonic full moon, full of energy. And um, and uh, so for your energy cycles, if you're not full of energy, you might want to look at where the moon is at. And I, I just found that to be fascinating. And instead of beating yourself up for your energy cycle, maybe look at the moon. There's things like that. I interviewed uh, JJ Duncan. She's, she lost, she was very, very open when her son got diagnosed with leukemia and she was posting about it and everything else. She's uh, executive producer of that, a Bravo, some Bravo, sorry, a reality show. I'm not Mm -hmm. that good on which show, but, and her son ended up passing away and you'd think, oh my God, this must be the saddest, worst episode. It's not. She still looks for joy, even though it hasn't been a year. And um, she looks for the joy and she wouldn't trade those 11 years with him for anything. Um, And that I also have interviewed all these different healing practitioners. No matter what you're called to, if it's EFT, which I did not know about until I started interviewing all these people, or yoga or whatever it is, they all work. No matter what you're called to, all of it works. I've learned that. I have interviewed priests, two rabbis, an imam, which I pronounced wrong. One way it means faith, one way it means like the reverend. It, it's all interesting, and they all talk about community and different ways that they've been creating community ever since COVID hit and have, being on lockdown, not necessarily being able to meet in person, but they all are trying as hard as possible to keep community alive and so that they can be... so. You can stay in touch. One interesting thing that Iman did say is uh, the easiest way to get rid of discrimination against a Muslim is just to meet one Muslim. All you have to do is talk to one, which I find interesting because that's how we connect is through our stories, which one of the rabbis said is uh, that's how they were able to increase membership at a synagogue was people got up and started telling their stories and membership increased instantly. So just hearing somebody else's story personalizes and humanizes them and you feel connected. So that's why the phone call to somebody else is such a great way to end isolation. Yeah. And, and so what obstacles do you find you run into when you try to, to get people to realize that they do have hope, that, they're, that they can pull themselves out of different situations? Well, 
anybody who's not open to receive, they're just not open to receive, right? I mean, uh-huh. you can't make somebody listen. You just, you just, you can't. Um, it's really, it, it is sad. There's so many people, especially with addicts or that kind of a, in that kind of a world, it's, it's very hard um, to make them open to receive. But I'll tell you, regular, just when people are isolating, go and knock on the door and say, come on, <laughs> we're going out. We're going on a hike. We're going to go for a walk if hike turns them off. Um, let's go. And, but, you know, just grab them and let's go. Show them your care. Or if it's somebody elderly, just go visit them. Uh, if you know of somebody who is alone, you will feel better. This is the thing. I never want to do this. Never. I mentored a girl um, from downtown LA from 11th grade on who had never met anyone who had been to college. Never. And I just started mentoring her and she went, she got a full scholarship. She was a good student. They had four people who lived in one room, one room making I, I, I can't even tell you how little it was under 10,000 a year for these four people living there. And, um, I helped her with the applications for college and all of this. Not, I saw her as much as possible, um, through high school and, you know, she's in college now, but, um, anyway, doing things like that, not once did I want to go, not once do I ever want to go feed the homeless or the hungry. But when I go, I know I'm going to feel better. You don't have to want to go when you go, but you feel better when you leave. It's it just, I always think, oh, I'm busy. I have this. I have that. Like, okay, so what? You go and then you feel you're so full. When yeah, I don't leave. think we calculated the real um, damage from COVID isolation because we talk about what well, you have to do to be safe. But if it drives you crazy, how good is it really being safe? Yeah. I mean, some of us are fortunate if we had a spouse or a significant other or somebody that we were our children, pets, but there's some people that don't. And, and I think they get forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. And some people aren't fortunate. I know a lot of people that didn't last <laughs> through yeah. that. It could be a great relationship <laughs> awakening. Huh? The, the grass is always greener. I have to say, you know, like, like, oh, I wish I was single. Oh, I wish I wasn't. Like, I mean, so, and you think, oh, I, I don't want to be alone or, oh, I don't want to volunteer. But then you go and you're amongst other people, first of all, and you realize you have it better. I don't care what situation you are. You go do some volunteer work. You're going to realize you have it better and you're going to feel better and you're going to be amongst other people. Wear a mask and, and you just go. Um, it, it just, and you will get hope. It's it just, it, it's, if you don't, Find, I mean, I'm so easy to find. Just send me a message. You will be the first person I met that didn't. And it's easy. That's the thing. It's easy. Yeah, it's interesting to define hope because uh, I was telling you before we, we came on that in my documentary film, The Last House Standing, one of our experts says hope is not a strategy. Yeah. And when he says that, he's talking about having a plan for a disaster. Having So in some sense, hope is not a strategy, but it is something that you need to keep you going. Absolutely. You, I mean, you have to have that always. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's everything. I mean, you have to have that. Uh, each religious leader I've talked to, they always talk about hope. It's, it's the light. It's the light within. It's the light you give off. It's, I mean, it's everything. 
Now, I, I think I already asked you this, but I'm wondering it, the the example, the story that you gave, was that your favorite message of hope? Or is there one that that would be your lead story to anybody about, okay, here's a reason why I know this works? Oh my gosh, there's so many amazing stories. I, I mean, that's just the one I was just working on. So I think it's fr in the front of my mind. So it could be um, any of them. Oh my gosh, yes. There's, okay, so I interviewed... Um, Amberly Lago, L-A-G-O, who is unbelievable. She's now a motivational speaker. She lost her leg almost. She was in an accident and she came to, uh, surrounded by all these people and her husband, who's a cop, is crying. She's never seen this strong macho guy crying before. She's like, what, what? And the doctor's waiting for her okay to sever her leg. She's like, there's a 1% chance of saving it. She's at 1%. And she's one of these people that like Jake by fitness guy from way back when, like she was in videos with him and everything. She's really attractive, Texas blonde who video, like that's everything for her fitness queen and all of that. And she said, 1% of saving my leg. And she, and she said, no, don't sever it. She went through, I think, I, I can't even, a gazillion surgeries for so long. Her leg is, and she wears shorts and everything. You could see the scars, the markings, and everything else, and save that leg. And at a certain point, she's like, cut it off. <laughs> she was in, she now has severe, severe chronic pain. And she went back to the doctor and said, see, here it is. And she's walking and everything else. No walker, no crutches, nothing. After all these surgeries, she has such severe pain that she lives with. And she talks about how she lives with this pain on a daily basis without medication. She went through medications, just, just a myriad of things. And today she's, she is the icon of resilience. Because the doctor said, we can't cut your leg off now. It's too late. You had that opportunity back then. And she is, she's, she's resilience. She lives with this chronic pain that's debilitating at times and at other times it isn't. And she, she works out and she helps other people get through it. And I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm such a wuss sometimes, you know, <laughs> and then I yeah. think of her. And I, I can't even imagine. I had some sciatica and I, I, think, oh my gosh. But Amberly Lago, she lives with like nerve, like chronic all the time. And I just breathe into it and I take deep breaths and I think, thank God I'm not living with this. this is, you know, mine's temporary no matter what. Do you, th do you think that's one of the things that with the, with stories of hope like that, that it gives people who hear them that sense of, well, thank goodness I didn't have to go through that. Because I interviewed a gentleman, um, Barry Atkins, whose 18-year-old son uh, died from binge drinking, uh, one night of drinking, and, and he, he lost his life. And Barry walked 1,400 miles from Arizona to Montana to spread his son's ashes in a place that he loved. And along the way, he was talking to school kids and teaching them and talking to them about the dangers. He's probably saved a lot of lives. He turned something that as a parent is your worst nightmare into something positive. At least he was making a, a mark with it. Do you find that these stories, hearing other people's stories help people put their life in perspective? Absolutely. I mean, J.J. Duncan's story with her son dying of leukemia, uh, 
I, I already know people who were so grateful because they've lost a child and hers is actually so uplifting. It's unbelievable. I have a friend who's, uh, who's, I'll never forget this, who's teenager. And this is why when I, as my kids were teenagers and are teenagers, her daughter, she was listening to all these parents complain about slamming doors and this and that. And she was thinking, I wish my daughter I, that this was my complaint. She had taken the doors off because every day she says goodbye to her daughter, not knowing if she's going to be alive when she comes home because she was a suicide risk. And I always remember that. Yeah, I mean, you never know. It's what you start with. You never know what's going on inside anybody else's home. It may look fine from the outside, but you never know. And um, this is, a, you know, it's, it's a journey to live, not to watch on the sidelines is, was one of the messages that, and so to sit there and look at somebody else, if you have something you want to be doing, do it, do it, jump, take the leap, you do it now. And if there's any naysayers around, drop them or don't tell them what it is. If it's somebody you can't drop, like it's family member, whatever. Well, you can drop them. those too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, don't tell them what it is that you're doing. Because uh, that was another one of the message. Hala Taha, she's young, she's very successful. And she talks about it. And I had a number of people say the same thing. Don't wait. Like this is, life is in session. This is the time to do it. Just take the leap. Don't, don't complain and sit on the sidelines. And don't listen to the negative self-talk. Yeah, I mean, that kind of brings up what I was going to ask you, um, you know, as we get towards the end is that... Um, if you had to give people advice, you know, people that are feeling kind of hopeless, uh, people that are, are just worn out by isolation or whatever else is going on in their lives, what would be that uh, piece of advice that you would say, this will kickstart them, this will get them, get them turned around? Well, my message of hope is always, uh, my friends would tell you, way before I started this, my message is always, everything always works out. I don't know how or why, and it's never on our timetable, but everything always works out. It just does. And it, it's a lot of times not the way we would think it would. Uh, it just does. So taking any kind of action, um, it creates energy. That's why you don't know if a phone call to somebody could make them feel better. And then you guys start talking and then you end up talking out something that you didn't even plan on talking out. You were just trying to help them feel better. And, but the energy's created. It's by showing up for life that energy's created and things just happen. And it just does. So it's having that faith. And when your faith wanes, borrow somebody else's because none of us have it all the time and none of us are in it all the time. It just all passes. Did you ever see the movie, The Shawshank Redemption? I did. The line in there from Morgan Freeman, hope is a dangerous thing. Was that his yeah. line? Yeah. I mean, I guess if that's all you have, you know, if you're in jail that's and you're hoping, I mean, yeah, it's but still, that's put that in perspective. So, yeah. yeah, but the person that, I'm, that who's, I interviewed, Andre Norman, whose episode drops next week, he was in prison for facing, he was in prison for a hundred years and he was trying to be the number one person in prison. Like that's a goal. And he, something finally clicked in him and realized that's not a goal. And he started taking anger management classes and got his GED and he got out and he's, and he got a, started going to college and, and he's got a, a Harvard fellowship and an MIT 
something. I mean, he travels the world as a motivational speaker saying, it's never too late to break out of your prison. And you might not even know what prison you're in. He doesn't just talk to jails and institutions. He is an amazing man. So yeah, maybe you'd say hope's a dangerous thing in prison, but I think that's a line for a movie because he got hope in a place that's hopeless. Facing a hundred year sentence, are you kidding? And yeah. I mean, it, it, he is amazing. So. Yeah, I mean, when you when you put it in this, when you spin it the way you do, it kind of it makes that it gives that different perspective to that line, which uh, in the movie made sense. It worked. Oh, he's great. Are you kidding? That but I think we do great. need. I, I agree with you. I think we do need hope. I mean, I think you need to. Um, every week when I buy my lottery numbers, you know, I'm hoping I win. It's just, it's something that you that you hope for. So, you know, I uh, I, I believe in that uh, very much. So, how do people? find you how do they find uh, your podcast what's the best way to, to follow you everything it's, it's easy at 52weeksofhope.com the number 52 everything is on there I have also got if you've got imposter syndrome there's a fun quiz but I think if you have it you know it but it's it's fun and there's seven ways to feel better right now and if you want to journal there's a free ebook of how to feel better but every the podcast everything's on 52weeksofhope.com Imposter syndrome, briefly, what is that? That's when you feel like you're a fake or a fraud and you're going to get found out. I can, and, and you're in very good company. Michelle Obama talks about it, Meryl Streep. Uh, Maya Angelou used to write about it. Um, and I can remember being a lawyer 10 years, being in court, walking down the corridor, in the courthouse, thinking, oh my God, all these people think I'm a lawyer. I am a lawyer. I went to really good schools, but I like, like I'm going to get found out. Or when I started my podcast, uh, thinking everybody's going to think, who are you to start a podcast? What are you like? Nobody's talking about me. <laughs> like I'm an imposter or something. And, uh, you know, just who cares what anyone thinks, feel the feelings, um, that, um, a fake or a fraud and, you're not, you're not, you've got this. If you got the job and you think, uh oh, I can't really do it. And you just got some job and you think I can't really do that job. You can, you got that job. You got it for a reason. <laughs> Why do you think it's important for people to give back? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I just, that was one of your has, questions. Yeah. That, that has to do with the quality of life. That's one of the things that I got from all my messages, but it fills you up. When you're giving back, it's what I've been talking about a lot, is that that will make you feel better. It's it's why we're here, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it's everything. It's, uh, you know, I, love and service. That's that's community was one of the number one things that I was told we need. The other thing is love and service. We're here to love each other and to help each other. I, I mean, it's why I think we're here. So, and... It's everything. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on today. 52 Weeks of Hope. Uh, I'm going to definitely check out your podcast. It sounds like there's a lot of interesting stories on there. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. There are definitely interesting stories on there. And I enjoyed talking to you today, George. Right. Thank you for joining me on this week's Tell Us How to Make a Better podcast. If you enjoyed what you were listening to, it would be really helpful to us if you would not only like it and leave a nice review, but also share the link to the podcast with your friends. So hopefully they can become listeners too. And if you have somebody in mind that you think might make an interesting guest, there is a contact form on our website, tellushowtomakeitbetter.com. You go to the website, fill out the contact form, let me know who they are, and I'll reach out to them and see if they'll be a right fit. Once again, thanks for your time and stopping by today. 
We'll see you next time.